a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars was floundering, looking for a new direction following the financially successful but divisive prequel trilogy. Seeking to strike back from the overuse of CGI, Greedo shooting first, and Jar Jar Binks, Lucasfilm began work on an animated TV series that would fulfill the prophecy and bring balance to the Force. The galaxy appeared to be lost until a new hope arrived. A man who returned us to a more civilized age and taught us that this is the way. We live in the era of the fan. Now more than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes, this podcast is here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder. Welcome to Cannon Fodder. I am your host, Anthony. And I'm Matt. And I'm Ed. And we are here live today, or not live, but kind of live here today at at, um, Alternate Endings in, I guess this is uh, Matawan, New Jersey, or is this considered Aberdeen? Aberdeen. It is Aberdeen. Okay. In uh, Aberdeen, New Jersey. Um, excited. Uh, one of the beers that they have, uh, that they've actually brewed, that we're going to get a chance to talk about, is their Mando beer. Uh, but today, the episode that we bring you is Dave Filoni's Star Wars. So anyway, yeah, so the guy I mentioned in our opening scroll was Mr. David Filoni, quite possibly the savior of the Star Wars universe. But before we get into all of that... Arguably the savior. All of the, yeah, all of the actual cannon fodder, we need to talk about where we are and why we're here. Like Anthony said, we're at Alternate Endings in uh, Aberdeen, New Jersey. Uh, quick little history about this place. Uh, this used to be a movie theater. So we've heard on earlier episodes of Ready, Set, Review, Anthony and I would always talk us. Uh, we talk about the $7 Smackdown. Yep. Matinee, uh, Saturday matinee for a yep. movie that you want to see but didn't want to spend $11 on. You came to the Clearview Cinema here in Aberdeen. We grew up coming to this place. It was great. Uh, unfortunately, they went out of business, but fortunately, uh, it was bought by a, uh, a group of people that turned it into what it is today, a phenomenal, phenomenal brewery with an incredible kitchen and one of the screens preserved behind me um, on the video I'm pointing to it. It is now a screening room with all these nice couches and chairs set up. So you come here, you drink beer, you eat awesome food, and you watch whatever they're screening. And it's been fantastic. So uh, they even have the old chairs. Yes, yeah, the old the chairs. Here. Not only that, but we also have uh, the the show where like the movies were so each one of those sponsors right there are like basically were over every theater yeah so we repurposed those and it's pretty awesome oh that's, that's where you would right. put the title for that's the movie right yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. right yeah. so yeah. they were repurposed uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's yeah. awesome. It's really, so, really cool. A very and, cool experience. If you're in the central New Jersey, Monmouth County area, we strongly suggest that you come in and, and check it out. Yep. So joining us today from Alternate Endings is uh, one of the brewers, Steve. Steve, welcome. Hi, everybody. How are we doing today? Uh, well, we, we it's funny because, you know, we wanted to talk about the last beer that you guys released, uh, the Mando beer. But just so happens, when I was here a few weeks ago meeting Steve, talking about this podcast, Steve is a huge Star Wars fan. This is actually his uh, Boba Fett helmet here. So I was like, hey, man, come join the podcast because you'd be an awesome addition, not just to talk about Star Wars, but to talk about the Mando beer. So did, uh, did you already do the... In the I video, showed yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah, here we go. Even if we weren't here, that would have been the beer for the episode. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. You know, every episode, we always yeah. pick a beer that ties into whatever um, cinematic universe we're talking about. So this is perfect. And so, Steve, t- tell us just a little bit about like what you do here and, and, and where the Mando beer came from. All right. So I am the assistant brewer here at Alternate Ending Beer Company. Um, the Mando beer actually came from one of our club members. We had a contest. Uh, you know, we get we let all of our club members sign up and this one gentleman uh, Greg he was the one who was the winner so we brought him in we talked about you know what they wanted to do you know what what was his thought process and he's another Star Wars fan and he wanted to do you know a play on the Mandalorian which is everyone knows it's a uh, spaghetti western type of show so he's thought you know what better character to use than Clint Eastwood as it you know and, and do the you know what if the Mandalorian was was um, was Clint Eastwood and uh, the it's a Belgian IPA um, Belgian IPAs are not known as much anymore I feel like people are they're a little outdated but I think this one actually was a we done this we did this one really well um, it's not your typical not your typical New England style IPA like everyone does right these days, but we kind of did a twist on a New England style IPA with a Belgian yeast strain. Now, for our listeners that haven't been here, you were talking about how this is a combination of two movie references, yep. and that, that is your theme for every beer. Every beer. And it's also on your can art. There's always like a door, and the door has one movie reference, typically a character, yep. and then there's a shadow, and in the shadow it's somebody else. And so the idea for alt ending is like, you guys make up an alternate ending for, yes. for a movie that, that ties in different universes, which is perfect because on Canon Fodder, we always talk about how seemingly disparate movies or TV shows can be connected. So this is like made specifically for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just the, the absolute brilliance of, of mashing the, the kind of two genres together and having Mando and that Clint Eastwood's, um, you know, kind of feel is it, it's just kind of like a perfect fit. Like, I absolutely love it. Um, uh, I'm a huge fan of Clint Eastwood westerns, and you're absolutely right. Uh, Mandalorian is a space western, and it's great. And it's, I mean, and so it's just a a really great combination. Can you share where the, like, who does the art for these cans? Because the can art is fantastic. One of my favorite things about it is that every art every, every piece of can art is so similar like the, like the brand is there yes. which like I love when you see that because like you know that's an alternate ending beer well thank you we appreciate that you guys love the can the can art so much um, leave is I'm gonna butcher his name um, I believe his name is John I think I'm so bad with names uh, he does all of our can art um, he's awesome he's honestly we we tell him our ideas and he makes a phenomenal art yeah, really he really knocks it out of the park, yeah. And you the know, color scheme's great, too. Like, the color scheme, and then also just like, you know, just looking at it, and you see it's it's there's stars in it, and you know, it gives you that space feel. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, I, you know, Scott, the owner of, of AE, he comes up with a lot of the ideas and he passes them on and then John just creates the creates them and we go from there and we got some cool things coming out soon. So Now, do you name it after it's already brewed? So do you brew the batch and then name it or do you like... No, okay, we're gonna name this the Mando with no name, and then we're gonna we're gonna try and create a brew around that name. No, we yeah we come up with the name first, and then from that name we'll we'll brew around there, and you know, we'll figure out like what we want to do with it. Um, That's awesome. It's like reverse engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's fun because you know there's so with the movie industry there's so much you can use and there's so much you can take from it, and you know the mashups in your head are just infinity yeah you know, just so much you can do it's just amazing yeah and just i mean getting a chance to actually put that that love and admiration for the films into the actual beer itself you know there's there's a little bit of the sort of element of those movies you know kind of in the beer it's great and just now this is your first star wars beer Second. Oh, second? Yes. So what was the first one? So the first one was... Uh, How did called... we miss that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, it's coming back. Um, uh, it's called Walking Carpets. It's what if Princess Leia was Mary Poppins. Oh, I do <laughs> okay. remember that one. Okay. There we go. You know, um, and I, I mean, you know, just me as a Star Wars geek and... Now working in a brewery, like, I've always, was always so intrigued. Like, it could have been the worst beer that I ever bought from a brewery, and I would buy it because it had said something, it had something to do with Star Wars. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no matter what. It could be food, anything. Anything that says Star Wars, I'm buying it. Um, so when I became an assistant brewer here, my mind was just going off. Like, oh my God, what kind of Star Wars beers can we make? What can we do? <laughs> and, you know, and... We came up with the uh, the walking carpet idea, and then uh, obviously the walking carpets get you know someone get this walking carpet out of my way. Yep, yep. Um, worked for her bag and for for Chewy. It's yeah, yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I will I will say that we May the Fourth. We're going to be canning two Star Wars beers. Um, I'm not going to reveal what we're going to do for it because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The the, the next one, it's going to, but it's going to be a, a big beer. It's going to be a, probably we're trying to do like a double IPA, a heavily oated IPA. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait for the, you guys to see what the uh, the name is going to be. It's I can't nice. wait. I mean, and the you know the other the other reveal is that just we're going to be here with you guys podcasting, yes. talking all about it. and It's going to be a lot of fun. And I yeah. won't I won't give away the big reveal of that episode because there's a couple, but. Just tune back in on May. It's like it's a fucking radio show. Yeah. You know what I mean. May 4th. I'm <laughs> very excited for that one. So May 4th, you have the beers dropping. And also, of course, that is when the Bad Batch comes out. Yep. So the Bad Batch, which is just a continuation of what we're talking about today, which is the, the Dave Filoni so excited. part of Star Wars. So yeah. let's get a little bit into what that is. So from the opening scroll, proclaiming that the Star Wars films were actually, um, that we were really starting with episode four. So Star Wars has really been at the forefront of defining what a cinematic universe is. Absolutely. Prequels, tie-in novels with competing continuities, tie-in video games, and even multiple director's cuts. Yeah. We're not talking about Snyder on this. And it's, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, Snyder no Snyder talk on this episode. We're talking no. about quality content. What, is that right. a Lucas cut of uh, any of the new films? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he already came out with them in the late 90s. Uh, <laughs> the Star Wars universe um, could be broken up into multiple episodes, and I think we will eventually end up doing that. We could talk about 
the expanded, extended universe novels, you know, which are now talked about as being part of the legends. Legends. Yeah. We can talk yeah. about the new uh, multimedia prequel series, The High Republic. And of course, the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, absolutely. I actually heard there was a rumor that they were bringing, they were going to try to remake that. I heard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're going to. Life Day. Gonna... Well, they even mentioned Life Day. They did. Spoiler in Mando. So they're bringing yep. Life Day into, into <laughs> canon here. And we should also mention, as we're, we're, we'll get into all of this, but for our listeners that might be more casual Star Wars fans, I'm sure there's a few of you getting, sitting there going, who the hell is Dave Filoni and why is he not George Lucas? The answer is that Dave Filoni has a very specific um, creative segment of the Star Wars universe and what, what those shows are and what we're talking about today is Mando, obviously Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, um, Star Wars The Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, and I view that as the best Star Wars trilogy. So oh, 100%. Yeah. Starts with Clone Wars, goes to Rebels, and goes to The Mandalorian. Right. And we'll talk about this, but it might not seem like it to most people who watched the first season of Mandalorian. It seemed like it was its own thing. But when I think about these, this whole thing, I think of it as one storyline. Yeah. So, like... I think, I think that's one of the, the real brilliant things about Dave Filoni is that it's very easy to do that, to, to see it as one coherent storyline. Yeah. It, it's, it, I mean, the, the, the characters, even though they're acted by two different you know, kind of people when they are, they're, the, the character stays true to who, like, who, like, the way that it was originally written. Yeah, this yeah. trilogy tells the story of seemingly minor characters who are heavily impacted by the rise of Palpatine and follow the way uh, that they navigate the destruction and chaos that accompanied the rise and fall of the Galactic Empire. So those characters that are like the center of this trilogy are Darth Maul, yep. Boba Fett, Rex, Ahsoka, and then the various participants in the Mandalorian Civil War. So Satine, Bo-Katan, Sabine, and then Death Watch. So when we first meet Mando and the Child in the first season of The Mandalorian, they don't appear to be a part of this group. However, a couple episodes in, we learned that Mando was orphaned by the Clone Wars, was adopted by Death Watch, and that the child, eventually called Grogu, was a victim of the Jedi Purge. So yep. these are just other characters who are just dealing with the fallout from Mandalore and all of uh, the machinations by the Sith. And one of the biggest compliments I can give to Dave Filoni's overall vision, whatever you want to call it, of, the, of his interpretation of Star Wars is that... For me, it's the most Star Wars Star Wars. And what I mean yes. when I say that is 100%. That it's the perfect balance of actual Star Wars, you know, military, fighting, the whole thing, um, and the Jedi thing. You know, because like when you watch the prequel trilogy, it's like all Jedi. Just all Jedi yeah. all yeah. the time. And when you watch uh, the sequel trilogy, it's like also all Jedi, but just in a worse way, um, except for The Last Jedi. It truly, it truly um, <laughs> feels like an expanded universe, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it feels like you are still in the same universe, whereas with like the sequel trilogy, maybe not as much, right? Yep. Where, where you kind of, they're like, oh, we want to do something new. We want to show you something that we've never seen before. Well, Dave Filoni doesn't do that. He wants to show you things that you have seen before, Right, and he just wants to expand on them, right? And yeah. that's the real, that's the correct way to to do an expanded universe, right? And with Clone Wars, I always viewed Clone Wars as saving the prequel trilogy. I was not a fan of the prequel trilogy, but I yeah. viewed the Clone Wars as kind of filling in the gap. Yeah, so makes going, it going around the table, I wasn't a big fan of the prequel trilogy until Clone Wars. Matt, what about you? Um, yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, I think The Phantom Menace gets a lot more hate than it deserves because Clone Wars is 100% a worse movie. Um, 
with oh, Attack the, of the Clones. Attack I'm sorry, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Of the clones. Of the clones. Um, yeah. With the exception of some of Hayden Christensen's overly angsty, Ugh. just him, I do think Revenge of the Sith is legitimately a very good movie. Easily the best of the prequel trilogy. Um, and honestly, if there was any actor in that role aside from Hayden Christensen, it could have easily been one of the best mo- Star Wars movies, period. So, for me, absolutely, I loved the the Revenge of the Sith. Uh, episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I, I, I saw it three times in the theater. Um, Phantom Menace, I agree with you. I think it gets a lot more hate than it deserves. I think it's a way better movie. Attack of the Clones, no, that movie was not good. It has really cool moments, which is, like, tragic. And, like, the whole reveal of Yoda getting a chance to fight was cool. But anyway... Um, but I, I was actually late to the Clone Wars cartoon game. Um, I didn't start watching it until right before season seven came oh, out. Wow. Um, and I like I hadn't seen yeah. a single episode, so I didn't I didn't watch any of it. Um, and then forget about it. Rebels. People had been talking to me about Rebels for years, and I hadn't watched it until just last year. What, what about you, Steve? Uh, I mean, the third Revenge of the Sith is probably is probably my favorite out of the three, just because you get to hear. Uh, Palpatine say execute order 66 which is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah, lines yeah. out of any movie yeah. I mean it's just like when he tells Cody and you know and all the clones to do it and it was just like wow this is what this is how it actually happened this yeah. is what, you know, yeah. it's such a powerful moment it's such a, it, yeah, yeah, yeah it was just amazing you know and like to you know and I know um, I know the Clone Wars cartoon they go into a little bit and how like some of the clones disobeyed the order and yep, you know yeah. and like that to me is just to see that in a cartoon was just awesome like to see yeah. like how they put that into onto film or cartoon so like, that's a really really interesting point that you bring up do you think that it's because of the clone wars that order 66 now when you go back and rewatch it in the movie cuz I remember when I saw it originally in Revenge of the Sith sloppy uh, yeah I was like I was like yeah. oh it doesn't it, it feels weird but now now when I go back and watch Revenge of the Sith it means so much more to me. Yeah. And like I think that's I think it, it is because of Clone Wars and because of a lot of the things that yeah. that Dave Filoni was able to do around yeah. it as well as as some other people with with just kind of everything else but really mainly yeah Clone Wars. So before but you're we, absolutely right. I mean people the getting a chance to see the the clones actually rebelling and yeah. and uh, Commander Cody actually yeah. fighting against it and having his uh, and fives almost figuring it out. Like they do yeah. such a great yes. job with like the prequel because you know that they're not going to figure it out but it's still a mystery where you're like like yeah. is fives going to figure out what's going on? Yeah. And as great as they do Order 66 and its execution in Revenge of the Sith I think Filoni does an even better job in the final season. Like, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Those yeah, final yeah, yeah. four episodes, yeah. they have yep. a different intro even. Yeah. They have, like, a retro Lucasfilm logo. Like, you could watch those four as a single film. And yeah. I think that's one of the better Star Wars films that you think of. Like yeah, that. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that Their scene, that so scene makes the scene in Revenge of the Sith yeah. so yeah. much better and, it, and so much more important. And Ahsoka's reaction to it makes her better morally than many of the other Jedi and makes you think that maybe the Jedi deserved it a little bit because when Order 66 goes down, all the Jedi just start fighting back. And yeah, Yoda chops those two guys' heads off instantly. instantly. Oh, so <laughs> like, It's a cool scene. That's uh, Commander uh, Gee? Uh, no, uh, what's his name? 
Oh, you're, that's too deep for me. I don't know the name of that yeah, guy. I know, I know, I know, off. Yeah. I know yeah. 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 So before before we get into yeah. Filoni's Star Wars, I want to call out two quick things. One, you know, normal format of the show is we talk about what's in canon, what's not in canon. To be clear, there is no conversation to be had. Yeah, it's, Star it's Wars, always hard Rebels, with Star Wars because yeah. Star Wars is very definitively, yeah. Rebels, you know what's canon and yeah. what's not. Rebels, Clone Wars, Mandalorian are in canon. However... There is one piece of fodder that we should just touch on quickly yes. before we talk about the canon Clone Wars, and that's Gendi, uh, Gendi Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, which came out before this, and it was in that Samurai Jack animation yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was two short seasons, I think like 12 or 13 episodes they were a shorter season. Episodes. They, they were yeah, they were mini bits. They were like webisodes, yeah. almost, yeah. like 15 minutes long. Yeah, Aren't yeah. They coming back? Very short, very quick. Um, I still have them on DVD. And they yeah. are, you know, they're not as good as Filoni's, but they're their own thing. They're yep. really cool, oh, yeah. and they do fill in all those gaps, and it tells a really cool story because the final episode literally leads directly into the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Ah. It's, it's um, uh, it's General Grievous and an army of droids. They descend on the capital yeah. or the Republic, and they and they take uh, Emperor Palpatine, and you actually get to see why Grievous is all wheezy because he has a brief fight with Mace Windu and as he's escaping on his ship Mace Windu had ripped his chest open and as Grievous is escaping on the ship Mace Windu force closes like he collapses his chest in on him Oof. so that's why he's wheezing at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith no that originally and that originally came out before Revenge of the Sith right like you, um, you actually had an opportunity to watch that yeah, before they, going yes, to see the movie they were being released while yeah. the prequels were being released whereas yes. right. Clone Wars didn't come out until um Many years yeah. after yeah, 2008, yeah, 2008. Yeah. so but, but yeah, I liked it. It's actually I like it. It's very good. Plus, it's good. Oh, it is. And it I still is. have it. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's and I and definitely I do, coming to Disney Plus. Yes, I saw yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm actually yeah. I never got to see them, so I'm actually very excited to. Yeah, they're very they cool. Like it's not yeah. as good. It's yeah. a, but it's no, its own course. thing. It's, yeah. it's very. Yeah, good. I think they technically and like contradict some of the Clone Wars TV show. Hmm. So that's why it's not right. canon. But it did introduce Ventress, and Ventress came from that and then became canon. Just like you know the books. Introduce characters like Thrawn and some it's others. It's like canon been, yeah. light. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. it's it's canon. I mean, that along with the Bubba Fett cartoon from the holiday special uh, and uh, the Ewok movies are all oh being added to gosh. Disney Plus. Yeah. and I will die on this hill uh, that Ewok <laughs> movies are canon. They're uh, canon. Ewok, oh, the Ewok God. movies I've are never not actually canon. Seen them. So, really? I've never actually seen the Ewok. Movies. Oh my God! I, I, I remember them. I remember seeing one of them like a lot. No like I watched it a bunch of times when I was a kid, I'm, but I don't. Yeah, I think I'm young. I think I'm old yeah. enough where I actually saw them televised. Yeah, which is even crazier. That's TV. why I think I have like. I, as a kid, you yeah. don't think about continuities and what's what's canon and what's not. Yeah. So, like, as a kid, it was just another Star Wars movie that I that Yeah, I exactly. It's all it's all canon. Yeah, because yeah. I'm old enough to have uh, been a Star Wars fan before, like, the explosion of the 90s. Like, there was a period in the early 90s. You know, I'm born in 86. So, early 90s, when I'm, like, five or six, Star Wars toys aren't for sale at the store. No. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no. my yeah. grandmother yeah. would go to... Uh, Antique stores. Listen to this fucking hipster over here. I was in upstate New York. (laughs) So I had these like 70s action figures. Those are the best. And that was the only way to get them. She would have to go to like antique stores and like, you know, like parents would like sell their kids action figures. So I had all these like old action figures. So it's funny that you say that because my, so my cousins growing up, they're like, most of them are like at least 10 years older than me. I was a kid, I don't know, 10, 11 years old or like whatever. 
um, and like we'd be hanging out, and they would show me their old Star Wars toys from the 70s, and I didn't know what the hell they were. I was like, what is all this shit? And then a few years later, when they started to do the you know the re-release special edition or anything else, I was like, oh, they had, they had the old Millennium Falcon. You know, it was awesome. The stuff that I'm I had so when jealous. I was little. I'm so jealous. The stuff when like that uh. that we had, that I had when I was little for Star Wars, so much cooler. They had the full play sets oh and everything, God. where yeah. it was like. Jabba's Palace, yes. and they had like the sand crawler, and they had these huge, humongous like play sets. Like, they, they don't they, they, they don't, have figures now. They don't make them but anymore. They don't make the play sets. It's so. I was actually uh, listening to I don't know if it was a podcast or it was uh, either Nerdist or somewhere, but they were talking about why they don't make them anymore. It's just so expensive for them to make these toys now. Yeah. That they to charge like, if they made a sand crawler right now, they would charge somebody three hundred dollars for that. How many people are buying that? You yeah, know? exactly. They have to make it's it all well. Lego. Lego's taken up that. Oh my god! And that's that, and that, that, that there, there it is. The, and I'll that. If you're yeah. gonna play with it, it's gonna be Legos, yeah, right? Absolutely. Most others like action figures and stuff like that. People don't buy them, unfortunately, well, to cl- to play with them anymore. No, I people collect buy them. them to collect yeah, them. Yeah, I, yourself, uh, play with I, uh, I I collect Black Series figures, <laughs> and like <laughs> I have, I have, but the, the Black, Black Series, the Black Series are, are awesome. I have, I have hundreds. Yeah. Oh, I just hundreds, I just yeah. pre-ordered getting off to non-canon. The Green Rabbit Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. I just yeah. pre-ordered the Jackson. <laughs> I was texting these guys because like I saw an article. I that saw them and I was like, and then it wasn't available for pre-order, and I was like going to different sites. There's like, so many better characters that they could have made. He's so, so crazy. Many. He's yeah. so crazy. It's, it's so great. random. Because what they do with these black series, and they did it with Ahsoka yeah. before she was in the show, is that with these black series versions of animated characters, they um, sculpt them as though they were live action. Yes. So, like, this Jackson doesn't look, like, cartoonish. He doesn't look like Roger Rabbit, you know, green. He looks like, kind of like a badass, like, you know, you know, anthropomorphized rabbit with, like, scruffy fur. Yeah. And it actually looks pretty cool. The sculpts are incredible. I, I got, as a gift from a friend, I got, um, like, it was a Black Series figure, but it was, like, rando character from Canto Blythe. Or, yeah. or that was the name. Canto I Blythe, yeah. Yeah. Um, and even that is just, like, I mean, this is an, just an incredible figure. Like, this is nothing character. This is an incredible figure. Yeah. The uh, the the clones and the stormtroopers are amazing in those. Yes. The Black series. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, they're making all these like weird. They did. They redid a, a Luke again. How many Lukes do we need? Seriously. I mean, I had like I won't buy it because like I already have like five Lukes and like I don't need another Luke. One yep. with, one more with a little mini baby uh, baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. One more with a little Grogu. Just holding it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they are they did uh, black uh, not black series uh, Star Wars. I think Hasbro did it. They did a Hasbro uh, project, and they made a Razor Crest, and I think it's like four hundred dollars. But it's like, and as soon worth it. As soon as they said that they were going because they they like fulfilled. I think it was like four. I think it was like forty thousand or some wow. crazy amount of people that had bought in the the Razor Crest. They blew it up the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, are you kidding me? And everyone was like so up in arms because they were like, wait, I just bought this toy and you, yeah. now you just yeah. destroyed yeah. it. And then it's not even in, in It's not in, in the, the show, show anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and speaking of toys in the show, so on the screen behind us right now. Oh, we're screening. We're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're screening one of the episodes of Mandalorian. And talking about how good Filoni is in terms of bringing things in from continuity, the troop transport. Yep, that we see in the final episode great, of season yeah, one, very, very and on that point. we're seeing in this chase scene where they blow up the Imperial Armory. This troop transport, I have the Toya from the '80s. Yeah, it was never on screen. 
it it it's it looks like a, like a big van, and it has little slots on the on the on the side where like the troop food goes. So they're walking out. This was just a toy that was made by Kenner and never like made yep. it, it on screen. Filoni has has added it to uh, Rebels and to Mandalorian. He's, yep. he, so instead of just having a random, newly designed vehicle, Filoni goes back into like Star Wars history and grabs a toy and makes it real. Yeah, that, and, and that's kind of like the genius of what he does. Yeah, uh, uh, he's he has been able to successfully take elements that people loved from Legends. And, and successfully brought them into the canon, right? Exactly. One of the best characters, my absolute favorite character from Star Wars Rebels, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, I was a huge Grand Admiral Thrawn fan. I, I read the Thrawn trilogy, the or excuse me, the Zahn trilogy, the Timothy Zahn trilogy, um, when I was a kid. I, I read all three books. I had them on paperback. They were super thick. They were like these small books, but they were like yeah. this thick. And I used to love them. I used to, I, I would take them when I had to go on car trips with like my parents and everything. I, and I absolutely love those books. And the, to be able to see Grand Admiral Thrawn on screen, and he was done, like really well, like yes. almost yeah, perfect incredible. to the way that he was originally written. And yeah. what I like about that is, and and we'll, so we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get to Rebels. But the Thrawn that we see on Rebels, it's a prequel to the books too. Like, like we don't know what Thrawn is. Right. They, they, they keep Thrawn's yeah. backstory in the books very and unclear. We and think he's dead. We don't know. Exactly. Well, yeah, he, we're going to see him in Mandalorian. But, but yeah, Filoni bringing in different, like, like creating new characters and bringing in characters from Legends is, like, what he does best. And so right off the bat, let's – we haven't gotten into, a, to, to like, some of, the, uh, some of the releases here. So let's start – this whole universe, as, as we like to think of it, the, the Filoni-verse, it begins in 2008 with the Star Wars, the Clone Wars film, which I can say I saw in this theater. Nice. I saw it with my brother. Yeah, it was a cartoon. Right here, maybe like 20 feet right. that way. It had the same <laughs> style of animation, and it had, wasn't it all about like rescuing a baby hut? It was. Right? It was Rhoda the Hut, yeah. Jabba's yeah. son. Right. Yeah. So it was like it was like your classic, like almost like World War II-inspired storyline where, like, right. where like the Separatists captured Rhoda the Hut. And they were gonna like blame the Republic for it, so that they could get the underworld, mostly controlled by Jabba the Hutt, to be on their side. But of course, um, Anakin and his newly introduced Ahsoka, Ahsoka, who's like super tiny, just a child. This introduces Ahsoka and Rex, and and they help save Rhoda the Hutt, save the Republic. Help you know this help eventually opens up the outer rim to the Republic to hold and become two of the coolest and most well developed characters in Star Wars period, and and they set up some things that we actually end up seeing throughout the entire series of these things, which is um, like like one quote that I love is that throughout the Clone Wars show and they do it right off the bat from this movie is Anakin just says race you to the top as they're like they are they are leading an army. (laughs) <laughs> against a fortified position of droids on a super specific task to save the Republic. And he's joking about it. He's like racing <laughs> to the top. Yeah. And then in the final season, when Ahsoka and Rex are leading their troops down to Mandalore, she says, race you to the, race you to the city. Yep. And she like jumps off of a... She jumps without a... <laughs> Captain America style. With, yeah. with, with, without oh, a parachute, yeah. she jumps yep. out of one of the... the the, the clone dropships. So they, they just tie in all these little things, and it's just it's a continuation. Like, like it's one storyline, and I just I just I love Ahsoka. Ahsoka's my yeah. favorite Jedi. I have uh, to say, I by, love by Luke, far. but Ahsoka's yeah, my favorite Jedi. Far. She's she was a great 
character addition. It really reminds me of Harley Quinn in the Batman uh, series, right? Yeah. Or the Batman universe, right? Harley Quinn was originally written for Batman the Animated Series, right? Ahsoka now getting a chance to see her cross over into Mandalorian and potentially bringing her, because Rosario Dawson nailed it. Perfect casting, yeah, perfect. amazing acting. She looks good. She has the right tone. She's she, amazing. She, yeah. she has the great. She has great timing. She's she's got the ability to wield the lightsaber. She's believable when she does. And not for nothing, but even before I thought she was a Jedi, like Rosario Dawson, like if you told me she was going to kick my ass, you know, maybe I would believe it, right? <laughs> like she seems like that kind of person that could. Like, I I always thought she was meant for that role. When I heard Rumbles like years ago, they were like, oh, maybe we'll, you'll get so-and-so. And they were like, Rosaria Dawson. I was like, wow, she would be the most amazing person to play her. And I, you know, with the, with, with her character, I, I think they needed, you know, I feel like they needed to do a young Jedi. I feel like they did all these like, older, like, you know, their mid-twenties. I felt like when they introduced her, she was, like, in her teens, you know, or yeah, maybe yeah. even younger, and I thought yeah. that yeah. that was awesome. Like, they're, they're actually showing, like, a, what a Jedi looks like. You know, they, they showed the younglings when when Anakin killed them all. Yeah. Right. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... But that's, I mean, well, that's, that's kind of what you're saying, though. Yeah. That's kind of what we want to see is we yeah. want to see that angsty teenage Jedi. Yeah, we skip over that. Do. Like, we always do it. Oh, it, the prequel know. trilogy skips yeah. over... Teenage Anakin, yeah. right? He goes from he goes from maybe like ten or eleven, yeah. right, to like seventeen, eighteen. Well, like, I mean, it, yeah, like, still like Jesus, angst, right? Like, like yeah, Jesus. but angsty oh, when you're fifteen God. is different God. when angsty when you're about well, to be you married. Know, you miss out. You know, it's like it's a different thing. But see, that's one of the things I think that Clone Wars does the best is that it, and what Filoni does good, it, well in general, is good and well. Yeah, good and well. Very much good well. <laughs> um, going well, good. back and making things better by what he's doing currently. Like, like you see Marvel do this a lot where they yeah. release new stuff and you're like, oh, whatever happens in XYZ scene is making this better. For Clone Wars, one of the things that he really did for me was make Anakin a more likable character. Yeah. Because again, I always yep. said Anakin just was not, you know, the, the weakest part of the, the prequel trilogy overall. Yeah. But when you watch the Clone Wars, it, it somehow geniusly weaves into what was already there and makes Anakin a cooler character. He's the king of the retcon, you know, like yeah. the, the, the quote... Because normally in, retcon is bullshit, but, but this time it This works. is great. Like, what he does is... So there are, there, so there are two, two big problems with the prequel trilogy. One is Anakin. And he fixes that right off the bat in the Clone Wars movie. Because there's this quote that I really enjoy. And it says, You're reckless, little one. Yeah. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan. But you might make it as mine. Yep. That kind of sums up this different type of philosophy they, they throw into Anakin. Where he's a little bit reckless. Yeah. But like not like not in the dark way that they get to right off the bat in Attack of the Clones. Like they just make him. It's more that he's you know he's cocky, but also like for a reason. Like he understands that he's cocky. Like that quote, right. he is knows him what understanding he's who he is. Yeah. And then the other issue with with the prequels that they fix is all of the like politics and like the like like oh the Trade Federation yes, and all and the this. Senators and, yeah, like but they fix all that because it's hard to like do a political drama over three movies that also have a lot of action. Whereas with yeah. the TV show, they can have some of the machinations and behind the scenes, and they kind of explain all that away. And it fixes the only problem with prequels. Like, I have now since watched the prequels since Clone Wars, and I enjoy it so much better. Because yeah, instead oh, of totally different movie, because yeah. instead of, because, Very, And it's because different. in my head, I'm inserting, like, oh, well, they're doing that because... 
because there was this whole thing where at where Anakin brought Padme to this trade delegation thing. You know, like, <laughs> I know where all this is coming from. The sand it gets everywhere. Oh, oh it's I rough mean, and coarse. Of course, it, gets, course everywhere. it gets everywhere. He, I, I think, I think. I, it's also, I blame the writing on it also, but I think... Oh, of course, yeah. I think the Anakin in the the prequels was just so... It's such a whiny bitch. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. so... Like, it was just like... Eh. Yeah. And the, and the Anakin in the Clone Wars was like, let's do it, let's, let's get it done, let's, yeah, you know... Yeah, it makes him such he a better character. He enjoys himself. Like, yeah. like, in the final season, like, when he shows up on that bridge and he's smiling... Like, you don't realize that, like, when he's having this good time playing with the droids, he's, like, what, two days away from killing a bunch of kids? Like, like yeah. but he seems like this, uh, yep. this really cool guy. And, and, you know, it's worth noting, too, it's like, you know, we, we talk about Anakin being a whiny bitch, but it's really just in the Clone Wars. Like, yeah. the Clone yeah. Wars is what, or, like... Or Attack of the Clones. I'm sorry, I keep on saying yeah. the Clone Wars. Attack yeah. of the Clones. Attack Thank of the Clones. You. Attack of the Clones in one movie, they yeah. just, like, destroyed his character. Yeah. And then built it back up a little bit in Revenge of the yeah, Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, I, I really... Really enjoyed yeah. Hayden Christensen, and I'm I'm a fan of Hayden Christensen as an actor. There's actually a couple of other movies of his that I, I really enjoy, um, but uh, like I, I thought he I thought he did a good job in Revenge of the Sith and really took the character in a big way. But there's also you feel very much that you're missing story in between the two movies. You like right. you like Jumper, do you? <laughs> Jumper was okay. I liked Life as a House. That one. Well, that was—I mean, listen, even a... but, that, but, but that—that's where he—that's where they picked him out of from after that movie, Life Is yeah. a House. They were like, yeah. "Oh, this kid's gonna be a great actor." Yeah, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> like, we're I'm gonna, sorry. We're gonna, we're gonna both make and destroy your career. Well, he, in one I mean, Revenge swoop. of the Sith was a better movie, though. No, it absolutely. Was a much yeah. cooler oh, Anakin. Yeah. We got a chance to see Anakin, you know, become Darth Vader. What it was like that whole story that we always wanted to see, and I think especially with all, with everything that Filoni has done, the way they did it in Revenge of the Sith is is it does make sense and it is worth. Hayden it. Hayden was yeah. dealt a dealt a bad hand, yes. you know, and and, yeah. and he made a lot with very little. And yeah. but the point of why we're doing an episode on Filoni first, it, it's yeah. almost sacrilegious, sacrilegious that yeah. like we're doing. Filoni rather before Lucas. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I do think if we you have had to gone say back Lucas, to 1997 and told 13 year old me that we would be talking about someone else before talking about the original theatrical yeah. trilogy of Star Wars. Your nerd, I probably would have I would have lost my mind. <laughs> but, but Filoni is is the uh, disciple of Lucas. Like Lucas yeah. wrote, produced, and was a big part of the Clone Wars series. Like it's not you know he was right. in charge of Star Wars. Clone Wars is as much a product of Lucas as it is Filoni. Like right. so, so for all of the critiques that we have of Lucas, like we have to say he also helped fix what he made wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like Very some of those fixes, so. you know, that, that we haven't talked about is yet. So Darth Maul, Darth Maul is he, yeah. Darth Maul, and Boba Fett, are are two of the coolest looking characters in the movie. Right. They look amazing, but they are a product of production design. They're a product of the costume, the helmet, the makeup. But their storylines are shit. Well, and of course, famously, Darth Maul was supposed to have a much larger, you know, speaking, like, anything role. He wasn't just supposed to be a backdrop to look badass. He was, you know, but they, I forget what the specific reason was. I think it had to do with with the actor. I don't remember what it was, but they they cut out 98% of his speaking lines. There we go. Look at, we got Ahsoka, but... Hello, Ahsoka. But, like, in... The TV shows, 
Darth Maul gets a full character arc. Oh it's my crazy. god! Yeah. I mean, beautiful. I mean, I mean, it's I mean, a I mean wild. all the way until that amazing scene in Rebels, in Rebels where you see him end. die at the hands oh, of yes. Obi Wan for real this time. I need to see that live action. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, real live action. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? That, would, that scene would be awesome. I I agree. Yeah. And they say oh, Boba Fett too, and the Mandalorians. All the Mandalorians, like the Mandalorians, were just this really cool armor that sold toys. Yeah. Yep. And then when you get to, you know, first the Clone Wars, then Rebels. And now the Mandalorian, which is just a continuation of that Mandalorian storyline, you get this whole fully formed world of Mandalore. This is the way you get like you get all this, and it was it was right off the bat. It was in Clone Wars. Like Mandalore is this, you know, it's this neutral, it's this neutral planet, and then you get this Mandalorian civil war, yep. and you introduce all these characters. You give Obi Wan a love interest. Who's the head of Mandalore? Which, which is so his character. It's, it's so juicy for like fan fiction and everything like that. Well, I was like, talking about more like no, nah. but I mean it's cool because like well because that's that's Dave Filoni, right? Yeah. So he took essentially what now you would consider really not more than fan fiction, the legend stories, yeah. and brought them into canon, right? So like Mandalorians, period. Yeah. Like before Dave Filoni, before Clone Wars, before the Mandalorian. There was Boba Fett and there was Jango Fett. Right. And then that was it. There was and Jango Fett dies in the only movie that he shows up in. And right? now and Boba and, and, Fett was only yeah. in the third movie for yeah. like or the he's well, he's in all three. Oh, but only for yeah. like two seconds. Two seconds. You never yeah. really see him do anything. Well I've, And now we've seen fight sequences with like dozens of them. Yes, and I think yeah. I think the fan lore, fans loving Boba Fett so much and Jango yep. Fett, I think that's why they came and were like you know, we need to do something more with these characters. They're such beloved characters, and they're like, why are we showing them their backstories? Why are we showing them where they're coming from? And I think showing Mandalore, and I think, you know, Sabine and, and uh, Bo-Katana, Bo-Katan, sorry. I think showing them, and I think that's awesome. I think to just open up that whole entire world, I mean, you know, they could probably do a whole entire trilogy of just about Mandalore, you know, yeah, about yeah, like easily. where it came from, the Death Watch to... You know, where it's going to go from in The Mandalorian, you know, and who knows? Yeah. And now, Satine, what, which, what, and one last thing about Satine is it gives Obi-Wan this backstory that makes it clear that he's better than Anakin. Because yeah. you, you don't see other Jedi throughout the prequel trilogy, and even so much in the first part of Clone Wars, as having romantic interests. So when Obi-Wan has feelings for Satine and doesn't act on it. Yep. That that is like a complete dichotomy when it comes to what Anakin does. Like so Anakin's not the first one who has a crush on somebody even if it's right. true love. Like he's not the first person to deal with this issue. He's just the first person who to deal with this issue and then destroy the galaxy because of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, Yoda's been alive for what? It was 800 years. In 800 years he doesn't have someone he loves. And we know how cute around. he was back when he was young. Yeah, Don't you think on. he could have gotten yeah. some? Come on. <laughs> well, isn't there? There's also like there's also like um like a lore that like uh was it y- Yaddle. 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 Yaddle Yoda. Yeah, I mean, so Yaddle was in Yaddle, episode who's one. Yaddle on the dock. We got a nice look yeah. at that. Yaddle. Yeah. Yaddle does not <laughs> look like she's, yeah. she's she doesn't look as good as she sees it. No. No. <laughs> she looks lost in this photo I found online. She looks like she's like she doesn't know where she but is. But you know that is actually the only time you ever see her. Yep. The yeah. only yeah. time. The only time. It's think, only in the background for like two seconds. And I think after that, I think after you see her there, she's replaced with another Jedi in the council. 
And here's what's yeah, great. Yeah, when they did the, they yeah. actually. Like, no, they absolutely did. Yeah, they replaced her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. speaking to Filoni's genius here yeah. is he could have had many reasons be like the, the turn for the Mando. Like, why does he like take care of this kid? It could have been any species. Yeah. But as expansive as even the Legends uh, books are, they never get into Yoda backstory. You, you don't know that. You still don't know the name of that species. No. What no. planet they're from. Nope. And you only saw one other member of his species in a movie, and that was Yaddle for like five seconds. But yeah. you do know that Yoda was 900 years old. 100%. That's one right. thing that you do know so, about. So what's great is Filoni's able to just take this little bit. It's, he finds like the one nugget of the Star Wars universe that's never been explored, yeah. and he bases the show around it because because yep. the, there's this mystery that you eventually find a little bit more of season two, and I think we'll get into more of it in season three. Is yep. who, what is the species? What do they do? What like what's going on with them? And I think that was really like like what he's done. Like that is is, and I, I mean I said it earlier, but I mean that is the key way to create an expanded universe. Take something that you know. And then expand on it, yeah. right? That's what we as fans we do. That's why when we were all watching Star Wars when we were kids, and we had the original trilogy, we'd pick out those little characters that you'd see. You're like, oh, that character mm-hmm. looks cool, or that character. I want to know everything about the Shistavan and Wolfman, or I want to know everything about Figure and Don and the Modal Nodes, right? Yeah. Like playing the the the. The Bith shuffle inside the cantina, <laughs> man. Right? Like you want to, you see these characters that are on screen for thirty seconds, and but you love them and you become like addicted to them, and you're like, oh, because they made action figures of them. Yep. Because they they and on the back of the action figures, they would they would give they them would like give some a little sort bit of backstory. backstory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could play with them and you would create as a kid your own yeah. universe with these expanded figures. Yeah, I, I used to love collecting minute characters. I used to love collecting the minute background characters when I was a kid <laughs> because they, they would make a figure yeah. for every single one of them. Snaggle no yeah, exactly. or all these. Yeah. Star Wars was the were. first movie yeah. to do yeah. that. Yeah, and I just make up my own story with them when I was playing. Like, oh, well, like all of a sudden now this guy's a Jedi. Bam, done. You know, take an extra lightsaber yeah. from my Obi Wan toy. Bam, you got a blue lightsaber. <laughs> you know, you know I'll, I'll give Fiona a lot of. I I think the directors who directed a lot of these Mandalorian episodes, I give them a lot of like Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Um, I mean even John Favreau. John John Favreau, he's now he's in like the grips of Disney. Like you know, yeah. they he they have him such tight. The golden calf for them, man. I mean, yeah, he's like the golden goose for them, man. Yeah, and you know what? I love it. I you know go from I don't know how many of you have seen PCU. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, I love my favorite. You know movies. John Favreau from PCU. That's yeah, it's great. That's all I see in my mind. I don't can see you him blow me where the Pampers <laughs> is. <laughs> so like you know, all these episodes that we watch the Mandalorian, they're awesome and and. You know, just to see these these people, they've all been Star Wars fans, and then they bring they're, they're able to now bring these characters to life with yes. you know. Yeah. It's just they're yeah. playing with the action figures. In yeah, their life. in yeah. real life. And they're, they're, they're it's playing. like in Spaceball, Spaceballs when yeah. Uh, yeah. when you play with the action figures. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Dark <laughs> a little bit bigger budget. Exactly. You know, I, I have to say, um, her dad did it. After watching it a few more times now, uh, the Solo story. I actually, when I first saw it, I was like, what is this? This is garbage. Yeah. I watched it again and again. I was like, you know, this actually isn't so bad. This there's, actually, you know, there's really bad moments, good, yeah. but there's there's a lot of good. There's a lot to hate. We don't know how much he in- movie. Yeah, we don't know how much he inherited, though. Like, we don't, right. you know, like, 
we, we, we don't know what it was before he took over. Yeah. Right. I, I think also that's important true. to know. That's true. Because, yeah. wait, wasn't it supposed to be... Lord and Miller Lord directed, and Miller, yeah. yes. like, nearly half of the film. Yes. yes. And then he took... And then, and then there was... Because he was doing, like, a comedic, like, take It was on. a little yeah. bit too... I, Campy I don't, I, or, like, I, I, I don't know. I guess... Hashtag release the Lord and Miller cut. Oh, oh no. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Wow. But speaking of different cuts and, and just <laughs> how Filoni introduces these characters... The first season of all of his shows tends to focus on the established characters. Yes. So yep. Rebels starts off, it's all about Luke and Anakin. And as yep. the show progresses, the characters he introduces, Ahsoka, Rex, his people, right. start to take pro- pro- uh, prominence. You know, like, then the same thing happens in Rebels. So Rebels is the follow-up to Clone Wars. Rebels starts in 2014, goes to 2018. It's kind of bookended by Clone Wars. And it's where we get my favorite Jedi. Yes. That is my Ezra favorite Ezra Bridger. Jedi. Is that, or is it Kanan? No, it's Kanan. Kanan. Kanan, Kanan, Kanan Jarrus. Yeah, or yeah. Caleb Doom, depending on. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It is, Kanan Jarrus is my favorite How great Jedi. would it be to have Freddie Prince Jr. play him in some sort of flashback? That would be pretty dope. And either like yeah. Obi-Wan be cool. or Ahsoka, yeah. you know, because he looks just like him. Yeah. So uh, Re- Rebels has like the first season of Rebels is all about the new team. Yep. Which is, um, <laughs> I was not for those of you watching. I was knocked the mic one over, <laughs> but I caught it. I was just so expressive. I was so excited about the crew of the Ghost. <laughs> so they introduced in this new team, this cell of Rebels, and then towards the end of that first season, that's when they start hitting you with all of the Filoni characters, which yep. is Ahsoka, Rex. They start tying in everything. And, and jumping ahead to Mandalorian, Mandalorian, the first season, it's its own thing. Yeah. But but once you get to the second season, they start hitting you with yeah, bam. Ahsoka. Yeah. They mention Thrawn. They yep. have all the Mandalorians, Bo-Katan. So what they do is the first season, he, he lets this this lets you get introduced to this team. And then he ties in, like, the rest of the storyline. And the larger storyline for him is Ahsoka, Rex, and the Mandalorians. And that's, that's why these three shows are, they are one story. Yep. He's just yeah. told... Over the course of nearly two decades, now. and they're fantastic. Yeah. For, so for me, Rebels is my favorite. I, I like Rebels even more than I like The Mandalorian. Rebels, yeah. I mean, there's still more of The Mandalorian to come, so that might change. Yes. But Rebels is my favorite of just any Star Wars thing. Rebels, period. Rebels is such a strange show because it is so much better than it has any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a children's TV show that. Was and I mean like and if you watch there's there's the a Imperials lot, are really camping. There's a lot of episodes yeah. where it is very very childish. I like know. like you feel like you're watching a children's TV show, but then all of a sudden there's these moments where you're like, wow, yeah. and you feel like you're watching a show. The issue for I have is results. is the is the finale. I I when it ended it just ended and it was just like wait that that's it yeah. And I was like, wait, shouldn't there be some, like, big, huge fights? Like, it literally, like, for everyone who hasn't seen it, like, Thorn and Bridger get sucked out into space. See, that was one of the reasons why I loved it, because it ended on a cliffhanger. I hated that. I hated that. And I hated it. It was like, oh, there's a creature? 
that can go the speed of the light. Speed? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, they introduced like those in like season yeah. two. Remember, it all comes back around. Right I, I, I remember like, come them on. in like, season two, and I didn't it was like them then. You how and I how powerful Ezra's connection and to the I Force hated was. Bendu. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm not gonna, wait, wait, Bendu, Bendu, Bendu was the arms about it. Yeah, it was like the yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the in between character. I'll give you that one. That was no. It's like it's like seeing a gun in the first scene. You know that he's gonna eventually be Deus Ex Machina. I will give you. He I does. will give you Bendu, but I absolutely loved the little whale creatures, whatever they yeah. were, because one of the themes they always played on throughout all of Rebels was how Ezra's connection to the Force was completely different than Kanan's yeah. was. The wolves you know, and all exactly. That, yeah. Like it was just so we had more cool. Of a, now, he had more of a spiritual connection exactly. with with with, um, with creatures than he did with right. With and it people. really paid off in the end. I thought it was cool, and it leaves you on a cliffhanger because, like you know, it's like I had this argument with our friend Justin all Italian, but he's like, "Well, they didn't finish the story of the MCU." I'm like, "Yeah, listen, there's." 15 more shows and movies coming out in the next year. Yeah. They're going to finish the story. Exactly. That's how I feel about Star Wars. Until you tell me there's no more new Star Wars coming out, I'm just going to wait because it'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, Rebels isn't a standalone show. No. Rebels is the continuing of a story. So yeah. what they had to do with Rebels is they had to tell the story of Kanan Jarrus and Ezra Bridger, but they had to make those two not be around when A New Hope takes place. Of course. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Luke has to be the only Jedi during yep. the right. totally climax of the rebellion. The whole movie if they're still around. So they kill off Kanan in an amazing, like, very self-sacrificial way. That's a, that's a great scene. And then they have Ezra disappear. And then they have this postscript that's a post-Endor scene that hints at this romantic relationship potentially with Sabine that we don't really see throughout the show. Ahsoka comes back, and Ahsoka and Sabine go out to find Ezra, which yeah. we can only imagine is what Ahsoka is still doing when we see uh, her in the I, Mandalorian. I hope, yeah. I hope for the show Ahsoka that it opens with Sabine and Ahsoka flying through space right. looking for Bridger. Yeah. And here's what's interesting is they probably, I feel like based on her line saying, where is Admiral Thrawn? Yeah. This is like almost a decade after Admiral Thrawn disappeared. Yeah. So when she says, where is your master? I think... Thrawn Actually, has returned. Right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. She has definitively, I think, it's found weird. out Thrawn has returned. And so now she's looking for Thrawn, not in the yep. abstract sense, being like, oh, he disappeared years ago. I don't know where he is. He's he's doing machinations. And this gets into what I think the Mandalorian is going to do for the sequel trilogy. I think the Mandalorian, and it already has started seeding this a bit, is going to fix as best it can, because the sequel trilogy is worse than the prequel trilogy, it's going to fix as best it can the issues with the sequel trilogy. Like, the big problems of the sequel trilogy, beyond the fact that none of the directors apparently talk to each other, uh, the big problem is that... It was the, poorly acted. Oh. The first order... The CGI was the, the first order is never... The storyline's well incorrect. Well, it's never explained where... where uh, like, the final order's never explained. The bad guy is terrible. And uh, you're never afraid of the villain. But they uh, are seeding in the Mandalorian, like, these, like... Experiment There's no character development. With Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, have we well, gone through all the? <laughs> my, 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 my big issue is like, you know, and that's what I was hoping. I'm hoping the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian does take place. Was it five, 25 years before? So, so it's so an ancillary like five, five years, years after, after yeah, the yeah. Jedi. But all that so, is yeah. on like extended universe, like Lucasfilm websites and stuff. They've never definitively said, said on the show on right, screen. How long. So yeah. it gives them a little bit of leeway, but it's yeah. supposed to be about five years after. Yeah, uh, and the twenty-five years indoor. before. Yeah, uh, yeah, because roughly it would be yeah. thirty yeah, years. Yeah. Force yeah. Awakens Which is thirty years. Works after. when you see uh, yeah. Luke 
Yeah. So for me, like I, like you were saying, like I want to see where did the first order come from? Where do they just magically appear out of nowhere? Yeah. Out of God. Oh, I, I think they come from Thrawn and Gideon. I think we're gonna see that. I think and, we're and going I think we're to gonna see, see that the Palpatine. final. Yeah. And the final bring order. In Palpatine. The you final, bring him yes. in now. Yeah. And bring him into the Mandalorian because yeah. that's what they're starting to makes the sort of lay the seeds for the clones. The Grogu experiments are what understanding where Snoke comes from. They're gonna fix that storyline. I don't know if they'll completely save the movie. But they'll make well, it. Well, no, they, it's impossible. No, but they They can make yeah. it suck a little less. But yeah, but they'll make it. They'll give it backstory. They, yeah. you know, Filoni's gonna retcon the he shit saved, out he of it. He saved midichlorians in one scene. He made midichlorians cooler in one scene than than George Lucas could do in two yeah. movies. Oh, when, right. he, when he when he yeah when, uh, when he just talks about his M count. Yeah, oh yeah, Plagon Jin like goes here. Let me take oh. some of your blood. Some no, strangers yeah. trying yeah. to take your blood. The midichloriception. But he didn't. The thing that's great about it is he didn't abandon it. He didn't try and sweep it under the rug. He didn't try and yeah. say no. He embraced this it. This isn't real. Let's not believe. Let's forget about that. No. Let's embrace it. Yeah, exactly. And like, only a few people count mini chlorians in blood or something like right. that. Whatever. Who knows? You know. Yeah. I try to count mine all the time. I just try to see if you know. <laughs> Don't you have they to charge, your... They charge extra for that in the lab test. Well, yeah. I think they count your blood on the way in here, right? That's what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Talking about retcons, we have to talk about how Captain Rex is so deep into continuity. This is a great that, that oh. he yeah. was that he was at the Battle of Endor before he even existed. Yep. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, he's so OG. Looking, <laughs> so, so he was crazy. in a movie before he was created. Now, looking back, definitively said that he was at the Battle Dave of Endor. Dave Filoni said it. So. Dave Filoni, said, Dave Filoni says it. I believe it's true. It. whatever Filoni says yeah. is true. If Filoni said, you know, like the like the sky was green or we didn't do the the moon landing, <laughs> I would have to think for a second. I'd yeah. be like, wait, I don't know. Filoni says it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd reevaluate what I think. It's crazy how much you you know where you see Filoni when he did Captain Rex towards the end of Rebels, how he looked and what he looks like in Return of the Jedi. It's like, is it really him? And you're like, looks just like him. Looks just like him. White beard. There's a guy like when. Yeah. Really Han Solo does. leads that team to take over the shield generator. There's a guy who's right in the center of all the rebel soldiers, and he has this white beard. He's clearly older than everybody else. And then they end up putting Rex in that same outfit yep. in the so final great. scene of Rebels, yeah. which, so which is a little bit of a tease. And then, of course, a little bit later, at like a press event, Filoni's asked, and he says definitively yes. So yeah. as long as he says it. It's all right with me. And, I mean, Filoni is yeah. pretty close with Lucas, so if Lucas gave him the blessing, then how well, can you say it's not? I think I read something that f- he was, like, doing nothing or whatever he was doing. He, he was not doing nothing, but he was doing something less than Star Wars, and Lucas came to him and was like, hey, do you want to do this? He's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was just a regular yes, animation. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he was an animator, and, in yeah. fact, the first thing he directed animation-wise was the Clone Wars film. Yeah. And then the first thing he directed live action was the episode of The Mandalorian that he directed. Like, yeah. like, so he has he has kind of come up through this Star Wars thing. And, and even though he's not involved in all of these series going forward... He should be. He's, he, he's, he absolutely he's should be. That's, yeah, that's my personal opinion, be. only because of, you know, I think Star Wars, not that it's gone away, but, you know, it did lose its luster in a bit. And then... When the Clone Wars came out, Rebels came out, people were like, okay, cool, more Star Wars, okay. 
And then he started doing the Mandalorian. And everyone was like, "Dude, who is this guy?" And yeah. Yeah, everybody lost their mind. Where has he been? Yeah, because yeah. up until that point, it was all stuff we'd already seen before. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it felt like you know, I, I mean, again, even even with you know rebels and stuff like you, as great as it was, it, it does still feel like something you've seen before. Yeah. yeah. Where Mandalorian is just not that at all. Man- Mandalorian is the prequel, sequel. It is every bit of the expanded universe that we have always wished we had on live screen yeah. right it is it is everything that we've always wanted it delivers it takes what we know and enhances it every time there's a stormtrooper on scene it's it's stormtrooper dialogue taken from one of the first three movies yeah right like the blaster sounds are exactly the uh, same yes. the monster sounds are exactly the same and all it of feels those like that world little yeah all even of those those little idiosyncratic moments yep. the, that's right but you know what i loved um the one thing I do love that they always keep pride, tried and true is is the stormtroopers always missing. I mean, that's my favorite thing. Everyone asks me, why do you like stormtroopers? Because they're comical. I mean, yeah. they're supposed to be this such elite, awesome, you know, army. They can't shoot for shit. It's yeah. just because there's yeah, a yeah, million yeah. of them, so they're bound to hit something eventually. And just like the midichlorians, instead of avoiding that, Filoni steers Dude, that right was, into it. That yeah. scene Bill Burr's was character so Mayfield, When he is said to have been an Imperial sharpshooter. Mando chuckles, and then his response is, I wasn't a stormtrooper. (laughs) (laughs) They steer right into the fact that, yes, it's well-established in this world. Everybody knows stormtroopers can't shoot. Dude, even that scene in The Mandalorian with the the speed the uh, the speeder troopers. Yes. You know, and they have Grogu in the bag, and they're shooting. Uh, just shooting. Like, yeah, Jason yeah, 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 yeah. like, and it, it was so comical and yeah. so over the top, but it was funny. Like oh it was so God. great. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, in Mandalorian, especially in season two, they were able to take just so many different things and and give them so much more depth and give us the payoff that we've been dying for. Yeah. We had payoff Boba Fett uh, we Boba Fett fans who have been Boba Fett fans forever and ever and ever were able to get our payoff. The scene where Boba Fett shows up in the uh, Mandalorian and saves Mando. Oh. Yeah, a little heavier. A little heavier. A little, heavier. You know, a little snug around the Being the, the Sarlacc, you know, he maybe, maybe ate his way out of the Sarlacc. <laughs> <laughs> but still awesome. Still cool to see. You know, and I'm still I'm still waiting for them to do, maybe in the book of Boba Fett, yeah. they'll even do a flashback of, like, how did he get out? Yeah, you know? that's, oh, that's 100%. What I feel yeah. like. So I this, hope so. Yeah. Definitely. And this is the part of the show where we normally talk about what's fodder. And yeah. what's great about Filoni is there is no fodder. There is none. But right. We can talk about kind of the future of Star Wars, which a lot has a lot of well, Filoni's fingerprints on it. And yeah. one thing I want to mention before we get to that is that yeah. there is another animated TV show called Star Wars Resistance. Filoni uh, was the creator of it and a producer on it. I think it gets a little bit mismaligned. Like, I actually think it's pretty enjoyable, but that is, I think, part of the sequel trilogy. I think so. Yes. It doesn't. It doesn't have Ahsoka. Yeah. It doesn't have Rex. No. In fact. It, you never see a Jedi except you see um, through a communication. You see Kylo Ren. You never see any Force use. You see Rey. Yeah. No, you never no. see Rey. Oh, she's not yeah. in the show. No, there's, only... th- 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 there's okay. basically no Force use in it, which is very interesting. But Resistance. Hey, is it? Resist- no. I thought Resistance. Rey was on the cover of. No, the... no, she's no. So she's not in it. I think the only one you see. It, it, 
Uh, it's like Poe po Dameron is the only one you Poe Dameron. No, no. They also have Phasma. Oh, yeah. Phasma. And they have Leia. Oh, and... So okay. it's well connected to the yeah. sequel trilogy, but it doesn't have a lot of Force users. Okay. And Resistance I, I, should be talked about separately because it's not part of this Dave Filoni storyline. Yeah. No, but... I mean, yeah, so bad. I just I didn't enjoy it. Well, so, have you on for when we do that? Because I want yeah. to defend that. <laughs> I think it actually saves the sequel trilogy a little bit. But I will talk. But now we I can mean, talk it's, about. I mean, it's directed for a much younger audience. Like, it is a like little bit yeah. more. If, yeah. if Clone Wars was here. Yeah. Rebels is here. It's like two to three years. Resistance younger, is yeah. here. The Resistance, you know, I feel like, like it's like, a much younger audience. It was definitely meant for like kids, probably anywhere from like six to like six to like six nine. To ten, yeah. Yeah. Six to ten. Yeah. Six to ten. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more slapstick, especially with with the with yeah, like it's like, very like those, those those first order stormtroopers are even more slapstick than they are in Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, I, and even like the Clone Wars, it it still had this like adult feeling to it. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, the way that characters were killed off, the way oh, that yeah. you know, like it still had a little bit more rebels. To rebels it. had moments like that oh, that yeah. were really absolutely. great, where they had the characters killed. The off. The Resistance was just wasn't. I love Star Wars, and I could sit through just about anything, but I just. Found myself so bored watching, and I was just like, eh. So resistance is the closest thing we have to not being canon. Yeah, pretty much. The, the so but, well, let's let's talk about something, right? Because yeah. the main thing that we've talked about is Dave Filoni's ability to take things that we loved, all the little small moments in yeah. the movies and and legends ideas that we loved, and to bring them into the canon and really do them exactly. justice. Right? Ron, he came from the books, and now they bring yeah, him into drink? the. Let's go around the table. What is one thing that's in Legends, maybe a character or an element, maybe a piece of technology, something that's in Legends right now that oh, you would like to want. see Dave Filoni bring oh, yeah. into Matt, you can go the first. canon universe? 10,000% Dash Rendar. Just, oh, um, Dash Rendar from, from Shadows of Rendar. Empire. Yeah, which, like, which we've seen his ship. Well, his yeah, now, now technically yeah. we have seen the no, Outrider in... Yeah, exactly. In that's, like, that's, like, that's like the whole, you know, oh, the yeah. guy driving the truck in Captain America when the soldier was the Punisher. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one before, you know, like... Yeah. But, yeah, Dash Rendar, top of the list for me, 100%. Yeah, he would you be know, a very and, cool character. But, you know, to be fair, though, before... Um, before Rebels, it would have been Thrawn, but we already got yeah. that. So yeah. next on the list is Dash Rendar. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's 100% Mara Jade. Uh, yeah. Mara Jade, for those of you who don't know, she oh, yeah. is uh, she's a love interest for Luke Skywalker. She starts off as being retconned as a as what's called the Emperor's Hand. So she's very similar to what they end up doing in uh, Rebels, which are the Inquisitors. Right. Yep. So she's kind of mm. like the a proto Inquisitor. She's a Force user that uh, is a secret spy. Uh, that goes right to the Emperor. And what happens in the Thrawn trilogy of books is that following the Emperor's death, since she's kind of an off-the-books agent, much like, I almost feel like it's The Departed, you know, when he's undercover, and then when, mm. when his when his handler dies, nobody knows he's actually a cop. Yes. That's what kind of happens to her. Nobody yeah. knows she's actually Imperial, so she can't, like, get back with Thrawn. And so for it takes her a while, but eventually she does end up getting back together with um, Thrawn and getting into the, the whole thing and she ends up becoming a Jedi she ends up having um, Luke's kids they get married and in the extended universe she is killed by a child of Luke and I'm sorry of, of Leia and Han yep. who turns to the dark side yep. Jason Solo who is basically Ben Solo like he's very much a proto Ben Solo right. and one way that you could tie in the Mandalorian to the last Jedi more is you could have Mara Jade be at the temple that Luke is bringing I'm assuming Grogu to and that is destroyed by Ben Solo eventually Kylo Ren and 
in the sequels, you could have one of the reasons why Luke ended up being this hermit and, and well, like that terrible character arc where like it doesn't make sense why he's so dark and so brooding. Yeah. Maybe it's because we didn't see it, but they'll show us on the show that Mara Jade was killed by Ben Solo. Yeah, because there's a so lot of time that just that his kids. It was, it was yeah. that she was killed. That, that would be, be really great. cool. That so would be a really a cool way to explain that. Mara Jade, because yeah. she could at this point not be with Luke or so she could be in the Mandalorian or Ahsoka. She could come in with yeah. them yep. and then eventually get with Luke. But she could yeah. be like an antagonist for Mando yeah. in an episode where like they're going after the same quarry and then, then it becomes a thing. So that, yeah. Yeah. That, that's me. She was I, also the original person to have a purple lightsaber. There you go. She that was. She true. was the first to I have a purple first. lightsaber. I would have loved to see something like in the, in the new trilogies that happened where, you know, you saw the Luke's, Luke and Mara's child. I thought that's where they're... Honestly, I thought when they first announced it doing a trilogy... I was like, oh shit, we're gonna see, we're gonna see, you know, uh, Han and Han and Leia's uh, children. We're gonna see Luke, at Luke's kid, and we're gonna see like, I thought, you know, the rise of the Skywalker. I thought that was all gonna be their that lineage yeah. coming coming to fruition. But obviously, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, Ray's a, was I thought Ray was a good character. Kylo Ren still I have issues with. You know, it's kind of like better. It got better. I love that he was a perpetual. Yeah. He was a child. He was just like yeah. got, he got in these like just like his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, yeah, so the guy yeah. absolutely. So I, yeah, and I, I I think for, for me, I would love to see. So I, I Mara Jade, I absolutely love that idea. It's gonna sound a little cheesy and a little stupid. Uh, the character that I would love to see is Luke Skywalker. The oh, Luke no. Skywalker clone, because, and I'll tell you why, because Which is I think, used, by the way, I that's, think, that's what they differentiate. Yes, correct. It had from two, regular yeah, Luke from Skywalker, regular Luke, it which has works, two which works in the written the form, but, but, uh, no, out uh, but as you're saying it, Luke, Luke, <laughs> Luke, Luke. But what I think they could do is it could make a really cool story where you have a Luke Skywalker clone. You tie in Mara Jade. Maybe there's some confusion. Oh, all of a sudden, Mara Jade comes in. Mara Jade comes in. She thinks Luke is Luke, right? Or whatever. The clone is Luke, actual Luke. She gets kidnapped. Maybe Snoke is there. Did Luke, right? Luke Maybe take Snoke. And that's how we're introduced to Snoke is through, like, he creates a clone of Luke ah. Skywalker. But then really it's not Snoke. It's the Emperor behind the scenes, right? So that's what you're seeing is Snoke with, yeah. a, with a clone of Luke Skywalker. And Luke Skywalker has to go in, save Mara Jade from the evil clone, and kill Luke Skywalker, the evil clone. I think that could make a really, really cool storyline. I, I love that idea. And, and all of these can happen because as much as we talk about Filoni being a trilogy, yes, and now I'm going to pause to grab a drink. Pause. <laughs> could I have a uh, You Got Smoke? So everything we just talked about in terms of the future of the Filoni-verse, it could be in all types of shows because Disney Plus is going full Filoni. There's, there Absolutely. are several Star yeah, Wars... Yeah, in, maybe. There are yes. several Star Wars shows that have been um, announced, but the ones specifically that I think are going to continue on this storyline are the aforementioned Star Wars The Bad Batch, which we will probably talk about in our May the 4th episode when we are here when they're canning some beer. We have Wait. the standalone Ahsoka show, which I hope serves as like 
a rebel sequel. Yep. We have the Book of Boba Fett, which we hope has some prequel-type elements showing how he got to where he is. And, of course, we have Range of the New Republic, which prior to Gina Carano's firing seemed like it would focus around her. But yeah. now I'm hoping at least uh, we're going to have Mayfeld. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll have uh, Bill Burr's character. Like, one thing that, that the sequel trilogy was really lacking, and we got a little bit of a hint of in, in The Mandalorian, especially Season 2, is we never see this new republic. Like, we spend oh, God. three movies and all this no, time yes. wanting to see the new republic, yeah, yeah. and we never see the new republic. So hopefully the Rangers... destroyed Immediately. One, and it's yes, unclear what like, happened. It's, uh, it's, it's just it's one just shot. Gone. You don't know yeah, what... It's just yeah, blown it's out of the why sky. All these planets, like, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. I would love to see, like... Why are the planets all so close together? Yeah, what, <laughs> oh, it's just one system. They never explain. It's not, and, and it's not even the real capital. It's a rotating capital. So why yeah, is everybody is, there? Uh, and the so whole dumb. fleet is there. But why is the whole fleet is there? It's, you know, like... like, like, yeah. like it's, it's as though, like, the U.S. had all of its ships in Washington, D.C. So that it could be destroyed at one time. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think it's possible for me to not like the sequels any more than I already do. So hopefully <laughs> the Rangers of the New Republic gives us what we wanted, which is, you know, I would love to see, you know, like, Hera Syndulla... Or like a Lando, yeah. Yeah. or like a Leia, like yeah. just like in their prime, commanding the New Republic. We get a little bit of that in the aftermath and Bloodline books, which are all canon because you yep. know the new Disney canon. But I would love to see seeing what this New Republic is, and it seems to have faults. It's not big enough; it can't deal with crime. But like, well, yeah, I would government. love, I would love to see them doing you know something. Like we spent yeah. all these movies w- creating this thing. I'd love to see it in action. In action, yeah. right? Actually, and like. One of the things that I want to see is on the... Yep, right here. Thank you. Um, on the, the Book of Boba Fett... Thank you. I have a very specific way that I'm hoping that they the tell yeah, this uh, story. Um, so, like, you see it a lot in, in TV, uh, specifically, where um, they start the... Thank you very much. They start the episode with an event. And then yep. the rest of the episode is a series of miniature stories and whatnot of how they got to that event, but it's constantly flashing back between the present, the past, kind of in between. I would love for the book of Boba Fett to not just be a story about what happened after he you see a Mandalorian, but everything that happened before. I would yes. love for like one episode present, one episode flashback, one episode exactly. present, and then it all ties in at the end and like the finale. I would love for them to tell that story that way because I want to see where the fuck Boba Fett has been for the I last year. I need to see yeah, the story. We have to see him to get out. Yeah. You know where the title comes in, right? The Book of Boba right. Fett. It's, it's like his lifetime story, I feel like. Yeah, right? basically, like we're right? See yes. All this stuff. Well, and you know, I think the Mandalorian touched on it a little bit with the. Uh, the sand shark or whatever what was sand snake or whatever it was called oh that big yeah from the first which yeah. is another great I'm sorry real quick that's another great Filoni thing yeah. that is the same the, the crate dragon that's, that's the in same episode, that's episode the same four. creature you see at the very beginning of the movie yes, yes. It, and it's that shot that was in a lot of posters of a where, where C-3PO mean, right? and R2. is walking by this like unexplained yeah Dinosaur type. It's what Obi Wan. Yeah. It's the yeah. call that Obi Wan does. In the and, first and, so for, and for them to bring yeah. back something that's barely a part of Episode Four. Is that four. what it is? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's when, the you, sound. when yeah. you first see Obi Wan, yeah. he's walking like yeah. a wizard and the, and the, in the yeah. people and he does 100%. that scream. I yeah. never, you know, yeah. I never. That that's is a how great dragon yell. Yeah. That it takes him thirty years, but he gives us exactly. But he's a real twisted son of a bitch, Dave Filoni. Well, you know, and also like that, he showed like. I forgot. I forgot how it was uh, how it was stated, but like that, this thing eats the sarlaccs. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, that was yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. I'm like, yeah, did, it was did this thing eat the sarlacc? And the sar- and then the 
you guys order? She literally just brought oh. around, yeah. Okay, no worries. Sorry. You know, it looks identical. It looked identical to what she just brought us, yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Somebody will drink it. I'm curious to see if, does he... Does he fight his way out of the Sarlacc? Does it get eaten by the other creature and then he right. breaks out that way? Like, I'm so dying to see that. And I'm yeah. actually really dying Agreed. to see... Maybe they even flash back even further to, like, when he's holding his dad's helmet and he's like... Yeah, I want... That's how far yeah. back... I, I, want, I want to go the whole life. Yeah. 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 Just drop out of the bottom yeah. of the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's such a great way to and also have... bring that have, freaking kid back. You could have great cameos. Also, I'd love to see... I'm sure we're going to see it in Ahsoka, but... Now that we have that actor back, he could play Rex. Yeah. He could play the well, clone. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there are so yeah. many options for this. This is maybe how you bring in Freddie Prince Jr. Have have Kanan interacting with Boba Fett back then. I mean, maybe that's a way really to bring good. in Mara Jade. Yeah, because like, they already brought this, in live action Ahsoka. I having this, love, yeah, oh, having this be the story of his life is yeah. a great chance for a lot of cameos. Just, I mean, there's so much, and there's so much we can do, and based on everything Filoni's done. And the success, you know that he now has... I think he's earned the keys to the kingdom. I think what's happened is that oh, yeah. the success yeah. of the Mandalorian... Definitely. I think at first, Disney was a little bit shy to, to really go full yeah, on Yeah, but TV I think show. after, after now season they two, they yeah. were just like, you know what, what do we do? Yeah. And my, they announced like 17 TV yeah. shows. Filoni, <laughs> has, Filoni has reached like the MCU portion of it where it's like, they have our trust at this point, yeah. like so. Yeah. They need to actively lose it at this point because and, they're doing so and, well. And let's talk about that, right? Like once somebody has your trust and and really has given you the payoffs, you you tolerate a lot more. Like the last episode of season two of The Mandalorian has literally my favorite scene ever in all of Star Wars. But one of the things that it also is lazy storytelling. There's a lot of lazy storytelling in that last episode. It's not as good as the other episodes. It's nowhere near, right? There's so much laziness that's going on in yeah. there and, and bad acting. But this is a good... And, and like, it's just... a lot of heart. And like, you it, forgive it. Yeah. You forgive yeah. it because you're getting the payoff, because they have earned your trust, and you you allow them those little, like, inconsequential things because you're, you're like, you know what? It's going to pay off in the end. Well, also and man does it big time. And the scene with Luke Skywalker is one of the most unbelievably cool scenes in, in any Star Wars anything. It brought me back and, to my childhood. It 100 it's what you wanted the sequel trilogy yes. to be, but it wasn't. Exactly. Yes. exactly. It, it literally brought me back to my childhood, as did the Boba Fett scene. And like it was just... I mean, it was absolutely amazing. The only thing that I would have loved even more... Is if it was Sebastian Stan instead of a? Did you hear what he a, said recently? Uh, a, he said he would Mark do it if, if but Mark if Hamill said Mark it's Hamill. a play. Yeah. And I feel like Mark Hamill would be fine. Since Mark it was like Sebastian Stan, I'm glad that it was Mark because Hamill. because I think yeah. Mark Hamill loved doing that cameo so much, even though it was mostly computer. But Mark Hamill right. liked doing that cameo because he was so unhappy with the portrayal of Luke in yeah. the sequel trilogy. Yep. And so, oh, they, think, it was an abomination. And Sebastian Stan has a chance to really, like, save that character. Like, yeah. like giving him a backstory. If you add in maybe the marriage aid or something else, giving it a reason. You know, there is there is so much opportunity for these se- sequels, shows, Book of Bubba Fett, Range of the New Republic, Ahsoka, The Bad Batch, to really fill in everything. And they're yeah. already showing that this is going to tie into other stuff because Fennec Shan, who's played by Ming-Na, I'm sorry, Ming-Na Wen, 
is in the trailer for Bad Batch. So we already know that a character introduced on The Mandalorian is being retconned into the past of the Bad Batch. Like, like, like it's all one big storyline that is just going to only get better and better and I think only make Star Wars stronger and stronger. Totally Much, agree. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's important to note too, the, the, you're, you're talking about The Mandalorian, the last episode of season two, which I agree with. Yeah. But the reason why you forgive it and why it's okay is because everything leading up to it was so good and so well done so it's okay like especially when it's ending like that yeah. to be a little lazy with you know some of what's going also on subtle moments that set up some good things like, no, of like, course, like, yeah. like there's that moment where it's only women um, attacking the ship that they're taking the ship yeah. right. but it's not shot in that corny way that the Avengers did right. I yeah. exactly. like, 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 like I the Avengers made a really big deal that it was, it was only women out. They did basically the same thing in that episode, where it was like very much right. like a. But girl it wasn't power. as ham-fisted. But it was yep. wasn't as ham-fisted, and like don't it, worry, yeah. he's got backup. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't corny. It was still just as powerful and as meaningful. Yeah, but it just made more sense. Totally. And and then also, the setting up, having Mando have the dark saber, is just so genius, great. so sick because yeah. they kind of mentioned throughout Rebels that like this dark saber can't it, it can be given but it can't be given like yep. like like you know like when Sabine first has it her mom Ursa Ren tells yep. her well you have no right to it since you didn't win it in combat then she retroactively wins it in combat but then she gives it to Bo-Katan right and Maybe that's the reason, though, why Bo-Katan doesn't take it from him if he hands it off is because right. she was the leader of Mandalore. And that's the big mystery for me moving forward in The Mandalorian is we still don't know what happened to Mandalore. We have this thing about the uh, the Night of a Thousand Tears. They talk about how the Mandalorians are an endangered species and hiding. We talk about how the planet seems to have suffered some sort of genocide slash destruction. We don't know the specifics. When did it happen? It seemed like it happened in the waning days of the... Of the um, of the Galactic Civil War, there's some sort of aspect to it where it's a tragedy because Rebels, one of their main storylines, is freeing Mandalore. Yeah. And that's also one of the penultimate storylines of the Clone Wars. I think that's yeah. where that's and what Season 3 is going to be. I think yeah. Season 3, we're going to go back to what Mandalore. Happened? I agree. Yeah. And, and I think that we're going to get a chance to see Sabine Wren. Well, the one I thing... Think, I think we'll see... With the, um, with the Darksaber was also... I mean, I'm sorry, not there. Uh, with the Mandalorian, with with Jindara's character, is like no one ever said that. Like, you know, it's called the Mandalorian. Like, he is the Mandalorian. Like, I think at the end of all this, and this is just my not reading into anything, but I think at the end of all this, he is going to be the true leader of Mandalore. I think because, you know, why else would you call it the Mandalorian? Like, you know, they yeah. you're not yeah. like you could have called it some other thing. And I know? agree that 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 I I totally agree with you that that's a big possibility of where it could go because it would also fit with the broader story arc that they're building for the character in general because every action that he takes in throughout the majority of the first two seasons like he like expresses like I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, like, like he, he didn't really want to take hero. Rogue. Yeah, yeah, reluctant hero. I don't so, want to take like, off my helmet. Yeah, exactly. So like, but and and, and at, at every turn he breaks that I don't want to do it and ends up doing it for better yeah. or worse or whatever. So I agree. I think that would be a brilliant way to end the Mando story with him finally be temp- you know new Mandalore or whatever you want to call it coming back and putting the crown on so to speak. And it's glossed over a little bit in the show because they don't talk about the past. Yeah. But like this idea that like. 
like like death watch sausage uh, we got sausage so we just got our food here as if you're yeah. watching you can see and, and they have great food as we're, we're wrapping well, up this the is podcast great. and yeah. you know what and, and a good way to wrap up too is Steve I want to ask you hey, this yeah you got smoked that's yeah. what I'm having now this is my favorite beer that you guys make can okay. you tell us a little bit it's a smoked beer but it's a it's, it, there's something special about it that yeah I so we use a, a smoked malt um, and uh, it's a it's honestly, I I personally could tell you that I've had smoked beers before, and I was never a fan of them. I guess maybe my being in beer more and more throughout. Like I've gotten to craft beer probably about 15 years ago. Like you know when it first like was starting. Like it was nothing. It was like Dale's Pale Ale was like my first big like introduction. That was craft beer at the time. Yeah, that was it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still a great Dale's beer. Dale's good. Yeah. Um, I tried smoked beers then, and I was like, what is this? This is disgusting. This is awful. <laughs> and as I started, you know, my palate started open. I started drinking more, and I started, like, you know, I love my New England-style IPAs, but now I could drink lagers and pale and pilsners and stuff like that forever. The smoked beer was just something that uh, our head brewer, Brendan, wanted to do, and we were just like, sure, let's just try, you know. Uh, you know, I think... Um, People are liking different varieties now. Yeah. You know, like, don't get me wrong. New England style IPAs are fantastic, and I love them, and I want to keep drinking them. But there's only so much of a 9% beer that you can drink throughout your whole entire day. Yeah, you need yeah. easy like drinking beer. One. <laughs> yeah. so, so take me behind the scenes a little bit to the creative process, right? So there's, there's three of you guys, right, yeah. that are all brewing together, right? So yep. you guys are sitting together. You're in a room. You're like, hey, I've got a great name for a beer, right? Yeah. Let's call it, you know... Mando with no name, right? And then you start throwing around. Do you ever feel like a mad scientist? You're kind of throwing around chemical or whatever, well, like yeah, I mean, different well, ingredients Brendan, and stuff like the that. Brewer, different ways to brew it. Brendan's like, hey, a mad scientist, and he okay. knows a lot about brewing. And, I, you know, I'm new to being working in a facility. I was a home brewer with Scott, my friend, who is the owner of A, for several years. We home brewed a lot. What Brendan's teaching me now is like more than I could ever ask for. I'm right. learning so much now about the industry, how to brew beers, how, how, why, why we're doing it this way, how it's being done, why it's being done. So there's just so much that goes into it, and it's a lot. It's you know it's a it's a lot to take in, but I'm learning a lot of stuff, and it's awesome. And it's just really yeah, cool, and and we sweet. yeah we. Really we'll we'll go through like you know a beer and we'll be like well this is what we want to name it and, well what should we name it and then you know should it be an IPA should it be a coal should it be a smoked lager should it be a stout you know um, we do have a beer called Give Me Some Sugar which okay. is oh, a baby. stout and it's you know it's based off of uh, uh, the Evil Dead series and you know we nice. were and that's a that is your that's a very different can art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so that, that so that's a different first, artist. Yeah. That's yeah, that, um, was that your first beer that doesn't have the door in the shadow? Yes, that was our first right. beer that that didn't have it. Um, and our other beer is also our flagship, the What If, which yeah. is uh, yeah. our is our flagship IPA. So that's another beer that doesn't have the typical art. It just has right. like you know the What If and a question mark on it. Um, and then give me some sugar. You actually put in. I actually have it at home. That, that you yeah. make peanut brittle or this yes. candy company yeah. peanut so, brittle. Yeah. Uh, that's right. awesome. Old Mammoth Candy in uh, Freehold, New Jersey. Um, uh, Steve is his name, the gentleman. Who I know that wrote. place. Yeah. So uh, it's been around forever. Yeah. Um, he reached out to us and said, hey, we'd love to do a, uh, make a peanut brittle. And he's like, send us some of your beer. And we were glad to do it. You know, it's, That's so it's cool. fun. I, I think, yeah. you know, working with other local businesses is a great thing for, our, for the community. Absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's just something that we're definitely into. And we 
love doing things like What's that. What's your favorite beer on the menu? Ooh. Ah. Uh, tough, because I will say the Royal Rug, which is a Pilsner. We have a, it's a slow pour or yeah. a regular pour. I mean, the Kolsch, which we just brewed, which is uh, Business is a Boomin', which is a delicious beer really also. Really good. Yeah. yeah um, it's really good. IPAs and pales are probably leaning towards Holy Schmoly, which is a pale ale, and it's just, you know, it's an easy drinking beer. Um, but we got a lot of new beers coming out, and I'm really excited to to showcase them and show you guys what, what you know, different beers we're going to have. Well, we'll be we'll, back I mean, at least like, May 4th. Yeah, we'll definitely time. be back at least by May 4th. Yeah. We'll be back, I'm sure, in between then. But, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for sitting that, down with us today. Was, thank you listen, for joining us for the podcast. I am so, I told my us. wife, I was like, I'm so excited to sit down and talk about <laughs> Star Wars. I mean, I talk Star Wars, you know, not often, but when I can to people and people who want to listen sure. to me when I talk Star Wars. <laughs> so, like, to be able to sit down and talk Star Wars with people who enjoy it as much as I do, it's it's fulfilling for me because, you know, everyone's nerdy in their own things. And, like, Absolutely. I'm super nerdy into Star Wars. And, you know, my friends are into Star Wars, but they're not, like, nerdy like I am. Yeah. They collect gl- like, I have... This is one of, like, probably, like, 10 or 15 Star Wars glasses that I have. Like, That's I awesome. collect Star Wars glasses. I collect helmets. <laughs> I collect toys. I, you know. Uh, I had, no, I have to say, did you ever collect the collectible card game? The Star Wars Decipher collectible no, card I game. I, I, I never played the game, but for some reason, I just felt like I had to collect the cards. I, yeah. So I have no, all these cards. I, I, I should. I feel Wait, like I, you, you do? You have a bunch? I have a bunch of them. Okay. I've never played the game, though. You and I are going to talk because I love that <laughs> oh, game. Shit. I have an entire collection, and I spent... A portion of 2020 locked in my house, like I took this mess of probably <laughs> 2,000 Star Wars cards. 2,000? Organized right, them. You have a slightly larger deck than I, I, I did. I organized <laughs> them. I cataloged them. I have an entire inventory of what I have. Now, what I is know. that game canon? Um, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> well, because it's the only, it's the original trilogy. Ah. But the the great thing about that game. Is what's great about Dave Filoni? It's it. You get a chance to see all of the smallest characters, and it has like a little blurb right at the top. It gives you backstory on each different character, and you feel like you can create these different like the stories. Figure, your own world. With it, that, literally the Star Wars customizable <laughs> card game, the Decipher customizable card game, was the reason. That's the reason I am a Star Wars fan. Like I got into Star Wars through playing that game. That's so crazy. In, in nineteen, like in uh, probably like, like I remembered watching Star Wars when I was a kid. Ninety five. Right? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. right around the time when so, when they were gearing yeah, up for the for re-release. The, right, correct. Right. right for the re-release and for the special edition. Then they did an entire set for the special edition. We bought on VHS. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. amazing. Well, this has been a great episode. Thank you yeah, so much, dude, Scott, for having for us coming. here and I'm, alt ending. It's our pleasure, and I really. Honestly, seriously, like I will. Anytime you guys have an extra spot to come on, I'm down. Oh, we we, have, we on. always Steve, have an extra spot, Steve. Yeah. So we are gonna uh, both on the episode notes and on our Instagram and Twitter pages. We'll mention alt ending so so everybody Thank knows you. how to get Thank here. You. Absolutely. But uh, until uh, we're here again for May Fourth, um, my name is Ed. I'm Matt, and I'm Anthony. I'm Steve, and this, this is Cannon Fodder. Fodder.